read and hear more about important news, events, and public policy debates at ncnewsline.com. This is News and Views. Welcome back to News and Views. I'm Rob Schofield. Well, it's hard to believe, but the 2024 election cycle is already underway with the national and state primaries for an array of key offices, including president and governor, already beginning to take shape. Thankfully, North Carolina is blessed with a healthy supply of skilled political scientists who keep close tabs on this situation, and earlier this week, I caught up with one of them, Western Carolina University poli-sci professor Chris Cooper. And as Cooper told me, the 2024 election may still be more than a year and a half off, but absent some surprising developments, we already have a pretty good idea about how things are likely to shake out, and at least one of the issue debates that figures to have a big impact. Well, Professor Chris Cooper, welcome back to News and Views. Thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rob. This past week, President Biden has announced that he's a candidate for re-election. It's an unprecedented situation with a man in his 80s running for the presidency, but he's unchallenged in the Democratic Party. Popularity numbers struggling in some states, but no clear-cut challenger on the Republican side. Biden, I think some analysts say, has had a pretty successful first 27 months as president. One wonders if if it weren't for his age, whether he might be even more likely to be headed for re-election. What's your take on the Biden re-election effort? Yeah, I think you're right. I think from a policy perspective, Biden has accomplished a remarkable amount. His approval numbers are not good. I sometimes wonder, though, if we are just in a new era of understanding approval ratings, right? So it's one thing to compare him to you know, somebody in the 1980s, but at that mm-hmm. point, you could get some bit of cross-party love. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're going to start with half the country hating you, and if <laughs> some of your party thinks you're not going far enough, then maybe the days of good approval numbers are just over in American politics. I wonder recently if we're just reading too much into those approval numbers. Maybe it's just like when referees get booed at sporting events. They just, yeah. they all get booed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And I think, you know, politics, well, elections anyway, are choices between candidates. So it's one thing you, you do approval ratings and you say, hey, against a generic uh, person you can imagine who's not running, how's Biden doing? Well, not as well. But how is he doing compared to another candidate who is on the ticket? That's how elections are won. Well, and speaking of the people who might be on the Republican ticket, obviously Donald Trump is a candidate, although he faces a a, a plethora of legal challenges and and troubles. Uh, We have some other Republicans who've thrown their hat in the ring. Asa Hutchinson, it seems Ron DeSantis is headed that way, Nikki Haley. Mike Pence spoke at UNC this past week. He's been booed by the NRA and sort of fencing with Donald Trump. He's in the middle of all of Trump's legal problems. What about Pence? What about any of these other Republican potential candidates? What's your assessment of the, of the Republican field at this point? You know, I, I think the more candidates there are, the better news it is for Donald Trump, right? The more that he splits, that we split the anti-Trump vote across all these candidates, just the, the better news it's going to be for him. I don't see Pence making it through. I could be wrong, obviously. Uh, Stranger things have happened. Heck, Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016, I'm told. But I don't think he is likely to make it out. I'm very curious to see what, for example, a Tim Scott might do were he to really enter the race with force like it looks like he's going to. He clearly does not have the name recognition, but African-American, Republican, from the South who will work across the aisle, but is still a true conservative. I mean, in some ways, that's a pretty good formula in the modern politics we have. Fascinating. I mean, I think I'm assuming that Joe Biden would probably prefer to run against Donald Trump again, because 
the age issue kind of disappears. He's already beaten him once. Trump hasn't done much in the time since to sort of rehabilitate himself. As yeah, I think you're right. I think if if Biden's goal is like most candidates to win, then I think yes, his odds of victory are probably the greatest against Trump. At the same time, you've got to wonder about a politics that says, "Hey, the candidate you want to see on the other side is the one you can beat, not the one that's the best for our country." Um, yeah. And look, if he thinks like most politicians, yeah, he probably wants Donald Trump. We're talking with Professor Chris Cooper. He's the Madison Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Public Affairs and Director of the Public Policy Institute at Western Carolina University. Of course, uh, we're not just having a presidential election in 2024. We're going to be electing a whole bunch of stuff here in North Carolina. All the Council of State offices will have a new governor. We're going to be electing members of Congress, not a senator in 2024, but just about everything else. This past weekend, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who's been such a firebrand for the Republicans, announced he's running, but it looks like a three-way race for the Republican nomination. Is Robinson the head and shoulders favorite over Mark Walker and Dale Falwell? I think he absolutely is, right? So Mark Walker has not entered yet, but every indication is that Mark Walker will enter. And I think that is good news for Mark Robinson, just like we Mm -hmm. talked about the anti-Trump vote perhaps getting split. I think there will be an anti-Robinson contingent of the Republican Party. The more candidates there are to split that, the better it is for Mark Robinson. So I think he is absolutely the favorite. It's a really interesting field to me for a number of reasons. One is obviously Robinson gets the attention. People think Robinson is the most conservative. But if you look at Dale Falwell's voting pattern when he was in the General Assembly, he's a very conservative guy. He's just not an offensive orator. And I think increasingly that is the kinds of decisions we're having to make in American politics. Yeah. One wonders, Robinson, it seems maybe already has Maybe he's getting some advice. Maybe he's going to temper it a little bit. But I wonder whether in this era of of so many outrageous comments, will his previous anti-Semitic homophobic statements come back to bite him? Or maybe is that just just the way it goes? And uh, he, he can just say that was then, this is now, or maybe not even bother with that with the Republican base. I think his speech was really interesting the other night at a Speedway. He wasn't as controlled as he was in the response to the state of the state address, mm-hmm. but he was not preacher Mark Robinson like we've seen um, in some of these uh, churches making these outlandish statements. He also got in front of a lot of issues that could have hurt a politician. So for example, he made his bankruptcy, a feature, not a bug of his campaign. He said, look, this means I'm like you. I know what it means to struggle. And so I think if he didn't get in front of that, that's the kind of thing that could take out a candidate. But he did. I mean, from just pure politics, it was a pretty brilliant speech. Awfully fascinating to watch. And we've got several months ahead, so it'll keep us busy, clearly. Another huge factor would seem in the 2024 election is going to be abortion politics. North Carolina, we've had some indications recently may be headed towards enacting, uh, although it remains to be seen whether the General Assembly members would vote to uh, override a group, uh, Governor Cooper veto. We may be headed toward dramatic new restrictions on abortion. Uh, the, the, the polls nationally and the results we've seen wherever we've had a referendum on the subject, even in some deeply red states, people have come out and said they favor retaining abortion rights. One wonders how, whether this will play a factor in 24 here in North Carolina or nationally. You know, I think it's going to play a factor. Um, but I think as we learned uh, with our last U.S. Senate race, it can't be the only part. It can't be the only plank in a campaign. But you're right. I think we are going to see some changes. I think Speaker Moore 
has been pretty clear. We're going to end up with something around 12, 13 weeks. They think they've got consensus on that number. I think they probably do have consensus on that number among the votes that they need. So I think we're going to see some changes in North Carolina, and it's pretty clear what the Republican majority is going to do. They're going to say, look, this is the moderate position. Moore is already teasing that, right? He's saying, look, we've got a bill that has a complete ban. We know that's too far, but the Democrats are also too far. In 20 weeks, let's meet somewhere in the middle of 12 or 13. That's going to be their rhetorical strategy. We'll see whether it backfires or not at the ballot box. We're coming to the end of our time with Professor Chris Cooper of Western Carolina University talking about the state of politics now and in the 2024 election. Do you expect a dramatically different congressional delegation in North Carolina? I guess the suspicion we have now with the change in the state Supreme Court is that Katie bar the door when it comes to redistricting and gerrymandering and the current 7-7 split that would seem to reflect a pretty evenly divided state, maybe a just a two-year phenomenon. We may have very different congressional districts next time. Absolutely. Um, I would be shocked if we do not have different districts. We'll see what the final outcome of all this is, but regardless of what happens in this Morby Harper case, the General Assembly said they're going to redraw not just our congressional lines, but our state legislative lines. I would be shocked if we ended up with 7-7, given the current state Supreme Court, we might. It's possible that the majority would go too far and draw the ire of this court but this court appears to be pretty open to accepting uh, whatever the legislature wants to do with the idea that it is their job to draw these lines. And again, none of this has been hidden. I mean, if you're following politics at all, you saw that right after the 7-7 came down, tons of Republican operatives you know, made jokes. They said, look, Jeff Jackson, make sure you rent, don't buy in Washington, because you're not going to have that district for long. So what's going to happen? You know, You don't have to have a PhD in political science to be able to predict what they're going to try to do to these districts. Do we expect hand-to-hand combat amongst the Democrats to sort of hold <laughs> on to the three or four districts the Republicans may deign to give them? I don't know. It's One wonders how that'll proceed. It, it does. I mean, you know, I think some folks like Alma Adams are, are certainly going to be safe. I think anybody at the urban core is probably going to be safe. But, you know, folks like Jeff Jackson on the outside of an urban core, perhaps a Kathy Manning, we'll just have to see what happens. Professor Chris Cooper is the Madison Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Public Affairs and the Director of the Public Policy Institute at Western Carolina University and a longtime friend of News and Views. Chris, thanks so much for being with us, and we'll be following you online and uh, talk to you again uh, this summer. Sounds great. Always enjoy the conversation, Rob. Well, that's it for this edition of News and Views. Remember, you can check us out online and subscribe for free to some of our state's best news coverage and political commentary at ncnewsline.com. You can also listen to all of our interviews and commentaries wherever you get your podcasts. For producer Clayton Henkel, this is Rob Schofield. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you again. You've been listening to News and Views, a weekly look at state news, events, and public policy debates produced by North Carolina Newsline. Visit them online at ncnewsline.com.